and welcome in to this special 4th of July bonus edition of Bleeding Green, Bears, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. And, uh, you know, usually the Bears, Burgers, Bearcat Football, kind of a tailgate theme. I guess it goes pretty well with the 4th of July. Happy Independence Day to you. And um, I'm excited to bring you another roundtable discussion. And uh, John Dykstra from the Maryville Forum, after the 5 for 15, dropped another 5 for 15. It's kind of the 5 by 5. We we did skill player positions. Now he dropped the offensive line. If you didn't get a chance to see that on social media. So shortly, I will be joined by Chris Ward, Brandon Meisner, and Clint Ross, all uh, joining me once again. And, uh, you know, if you haven't got a chance to check that one out, I would say go ahead and stop. It'll give you a good idea of what's to come on this one. Go back and listen to that other um, podcast where we talk about our offensive skill position players. We're going to do a couple of different things in this episode. I'm going to kind of do a rundown here, then we'll take a timeout. I'll bring those guys in, and then we'll go about our picks. So we're going to do kind of two picks. We're going to do a 5 for 15 on the offensive line. You know, we did our offensive skill position position players uh, that episode released last week then we're going to do a 10 for 30 we were challenged by john dykstra to go ahead and do that from the maryville forum of course and and definitely appreciate his um you know putting this putting these together releasing this and uh and then we're going to go 10 for 30 to put our offense and john gave us jordan grove as a bonus so uh, so that'll be our 11 offensive players so I, I went over those players, but I'm going to go ahead and go over them again. So how this works, it's kind of a five-by-five five grid. On the first line, you have five players. They are worth $5 each. The second, five players worth $4 each, $3, $2, $1. So that gives you your 25 players to choose from. And so we did that with offensive skill positions, and, and we're going to do that again with the whole offense. And uh, we're also going to do that with the offensive line to start with. So uh, it's a really cool thing. It's a fun thing. You've seen that a lot, and it's not that often we get kind of cool, fun things like this to talk about in the offseason. And so uh, yeah, I appreciate John, uh, you know, giving me a little <laughs> give me a little offseason content here. And I definitely appreciate him, and he did a great job kind of putting this together. And the fun part of it is everybody's got different opinions too, you know, and, and these guys have a little bit more, all three of these guys, the reason I wanted them on here kind of have more of the experience around the early two thousands. So here are the rules. Players have to have played in the 2001 season to now to current to be eligible to be on the list. So let me just run through the players on the offensive line. I'll do with the skill position players. If you missed uh, the last one and then, and then uh, we'll we'll kind of get on with things. So on the five dollar line, and, and it wasn't necessarily a a by position. It was just kind of the best offensive lineman, so to speak. Kind of the best twenty five is the list that uh, John came up with. So on the five dollar line, you got Seth Wand, Cody Carlson, Brett Grosinger, Jeremy Davis, and Shane Smith. The four dollar line is Tanner Owen, Brad Schneider, Reed Kirby, Cody Johnson, and Rod Williams. On the $3 line, it's Zach Flott, Alex Tuttle, Chase Sherman, C.J. Keeney, and Jamie Thiemann. The $2 line is Dane Wardenberg, Tom Pestock, Mitch Goff, Kurt Lessman, and Kenneth Ebo. And the $1 line is Jason Wiseman, Gabe Bouts, Cole Chevalier, Daniel Kempf, and Ryan Huff. And so then you take your $15 and make the best offensive line that you can. 
And, uh, and of course we do that with that. We did that with the skill position players. Now we're going to make a whole offense. So here are the skill position players is just kind of a reminder following the same logic, starting with the $5 line. You got your choice of bowls, Blake or Brady on the $5 line. Um, so you, you're going with a quarterback running back, two receivers, and tight ends. how this goes. The running back on the $5 line, Xavier Oman. Receivers, Jamaica Rector and Jake Soy, followed by tight end Josh Baker. On the $4 line, it's Josh Lamberson, followed by Leron Council, Andre Rector, Sean Bain Jr., and Mike Peterson. The $3 line, Kyle Zimmerman, Al McKellar, Kendall Wright, Tyler Shaw, and Marcus Wright. The $2 line, Trevor Adams, Jordan Simmons, Clint Utter, Alec Tatum and Marcus Andrews. And the $1 line on offense is Joel Osborne, Phil Jackson, George Seal, Dre Washington, and Kyle Kilgore. And so kind of how we did this the last time was we went through on offense, picked our players, kind of talked about maybe some of the toughest decisions and then who we thought maybe were deserving players that could have easily been included on the list. And we're going to do the exact same thing with offensive line. So we're not going to do that. We're not going to rehash the skill position players. We already talked about that. So like I said, you can go back and listen to that episode. And uh, then we're going to kind of reconvene and then go with who our 10 picks would be with Jordan Grove as the bonus pick is given to us by John Dykstra. So a lot of fun stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to get to that. So again, Chris, Brandon, Clint will be joining me. We will take a quick timeout, come back with our picks. That's next here on Bleeding Green. Hey, this is former Bearcat Utility Knife Jordan Grove, and you are listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Go Cats. Welcome back here on Bleeding Green and very pleased to be joined once again by the the fellas, the Bearcats of the Roundtable, if you will. Chris Ward, Brandon Meisner, Clint Ross, all joining me once again to talk a little O-line and then build our uh, build our whole offense. Gentlemen, how's it uh, how's it going today? Very, very well. good. It's all uh, good here. I, I thought you were going to say the round Bearcats and then I knew Chris was here, so <laughs> it didn't apply. So. Now some of us more than others, but uh, <laughs> well, let's let's do. We're going to do the five for fifteen of the O linemen, and then since we've got an O line and skill players, and we'll do the we'll do the ten and 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 John Dykstra of the forum so kindly gave us uh, Jordan Grove as that eleventh player. So, uh, but let's uh, let's let's start on the O line, I guess. And since I went last last time. I guess I'll I'll go ahead and go first. Okay. And so I I uh, well before we pick though, let, I guess we can talk a little bit about this because, um, man, I feel like there's a there's a lot of value even more so in this list maybe uh, on like the one and two dollar lines. Um, I don't know what 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 did you guys think of the you know th- think of this list and kind of where where some of the value lie. Well, I'll go first. Um. Look, I think that there are several, and when I'm talking several, I mean several, with which I would disagree with John. Um, I think you could take the entire $2 line and, and roll with it. Like, if you just look at it, that'd be Wardenburg, Pestock, Goff, Lessman, and Ebo, and you could just roll with that one. Yep. And, and uh, 
so in, in my opinion, uh, this is like, this is the, uh, this is put out, compiled by somebody who's much younger than me, much younger than Clint, because he's really old, and then who has who didn't have the same experience with this group that that Clint and I may have had, and you had some uh, Matt, and then certainly that Chris had as well. Um, but uh, I think that there are a lot of guys uh, that are. Th- three to one dollars that belong higher than they are. But I also understand the recency bias and how um, and how it can't just be all old guys there and all new guys at the at the lower values. So it, it's a hard one to do. Can't look at any stats. But uh, as somebody who's experienced this and who's evaluated and seen these guys over the years, I would have come up with a very different set of values for these players than than John did. Yeah, I just think it it's really difficult to quantify, you know, and I don't know without talking to John how he even, you know, went about coming up with it. You know, I mean, is it postseason honors? Maybe you could look at it a little bit, but then again, that has so much to do with team success when you look at uh, this position or these positions. So um, I really don't, you know, without talking to him, know where he came from. But I would certainly agree that, you know, the, the there's definitely some people that could be on different lines than what they are for sure. And <clears throat> by the same token, though, we'll never really know that because they didn't ever line up against each other. And uh, sure. football changes in different eras. And, um, you know, but, man, the depth, the overall depth here – is quite frankly better than the skill positions, which is unfathomable, really. Uh, we touched on it last podcast as well of uh, the embarrassment of riches we've had, both offensive line, defensive line. That you could really, I mean, we had you're splitting hairs when you start talking about best lines of all. I think Brandon talked about it last time as well. Uh, some of these teams were built more for the run game behind with Xavier back there. Some guys teams were built more for the passing game. So how do you kind of compare and contrast that? And I think uh, Brandon, it was brought up in our text thread as well. Uh, this becomes a much different exercise. We start putting, splitting this up into left tackles, left guards, centers, right guards, right tackles, and really do it by position as compared to just hey, right. you take all these great linemen like a Madden game where you can just kind of plug them wherever you want. Uh, which I think is kind of how we did this exercise, given what we were given. Um, I think it becomes much different if you start looking at actual positions of where they played and things like that. But, I mean, it, it just goes to show how – and this doesn't even, again, deal with the 90s. These are just the guys from the 2000s right. uh, of how great we have had it in the trenches at Northwest. That is true. There are some butt kickers in a 2000 and previous. Yes. Just in the last five years, I mean, in that from '95 to mm-hmm. uh, to to 2000, there would be a lot of dominant players in that line. Even a 5'11 right tackle who was really good that later became the head coach at Northwest. But uh, uh, I, I think, and I just thought of this while we were talking, we should have come up with who who we would have put on the five dollar line. You know, because oh, yeah. we obviously disagree with it. I never even thought about that. But nonetheless, Matt, don't let our our blah blah <laughs> lying d- delay here and and confuse your your broadcast. Go ahead and, and uh, let's get this thing started. No, well, I mean that's what kind of makes this so fun, right? Because because mm-hmm. I guarantee if the four of us would have said, okay, 
take these same guys, you know, not even maybe who else we thought should have could have been or should have been included on this list. Take these same 15 guys and um, and rank them how you say. I bet all four of us would have a different way of doing it. I bet even maybe the five dollar line might even look a little bit different. I don't know. That's why I, I think I, I, I guarantee I, my five dollar line looks different. I, I bet I bet you though, and I could be wrong, but I bet the five and four combined would be very similar. And, and maybe I'm totally wrong, but uh, I, I agree that the five dollar line could be uh, different if we had compar- you know composed our own. But I think when you go between the five and four, that'd be, it'd be pretty similar. Well, and also I, f- I feel like the embarrassment of riches that we've had, you know, you look at so many of these guys, this list is real tackle heavy. And so, you know, you, you go, you know, you go look at, and probably if you're just looking at guys, you know, as far as the postseason honors and things like that, right. I mean, the, the best linemen that we've had probably have been tackles you know if you look at this list man there's a lot of a lot of really good guys there that if if you decided okay you know there's going to be two tackles two guards and a center on every single line boy that would be tough i kind of sat down and sat down and tried to think of it like that and i don't know that i could have done that very well like i feel like that makes the list a way tougher exercise which is when i oh go ahead brandon no i'm gonna tell you why that these lists and well, if you're no, if you don't divide it by the ta- position they played in college, why they will be tackle heavy? It's because Seth Wand is one of the few guys who've been drafted or or made a team from Division Two that actually stayed at that position. If you a lot of times, if you look like okay, Jari Evans was an all decade kind of player at Bloomsburg. And he went and he was in the NFL, but he was an all pro guard and a lot. And Tanner Owen was going to move inside when he was in the NFL. Um, you know, any of these guys like uh, Alex Tuttle was in camp. He, he was moved to the inside. Um, Tom Pestock was a guard and stayed at guard. So I just think that at our level, that a lot of the best players are going to, be recognized as a tackle and then move inside. Very few guards in in Division Two actually make uh, make the NFL, and that is why these lists will be heavy because we remember them as being extremely dominant players. And that that is that is why I think that that will always be that way. Plus, everybody, you know, I mean, quite frankly, on an offensive line, you have to have a smart center, but you have to have two ta- two good tackles. And so everybody values the the game the way it's played values those positions more. Yeah, no. Well, let's well let's get, let's get into it here because I w- I want to get to to my list. So, um, you know, as as I was kind of looking this looking at this and wanting to build mine, I mean, you know, that's what I was trying to do. Okay, who am I going to plug where? Who who do I feel like I could say stay somewhat realistic and move guys around a little bit? Is kind of what I was um, what I was looking at on my. Uh, on my line. So, I mean, you know, my, my line started with the first player on the list with Seth Wand. I mean, I was looking at this and I was like, I'm spending five bucks there no matter what. And so, um, so I, so I went with Seth Wand at, at my left tackle, um, it, it, on my guards. I mean, I stayed on the $5 line and went Jeremy Davis. I think that was the 08 year that he was so, that he was so dominant. I mean, I think he's one of the best, best guards, to play at Northwest, certainly. Uh, that, no, no, he's he's one of the top two. I mean, 
that's that's an easy easy statement to make Certainly. And so yeah. and so you know i i felt like i was getting really good value with both of those guys and so th- then i kind of you know okay well you know you're spending ten dollars on the first line you know you know that only gives me five for the rest but i was looking at it and i i felt pretty good with you know i i stayed on that two dollar line and i mean one of the guys on this list that that if again if i was doing it i definitely would have moved up was dane wardenberg and that's who i went with my other tackle i'm like hey shift him over to the right hand side you know he was a monster of a man and uh and 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 a great great tackle and then i went with the guy right next to him on the list at at tom pestock who by the way did see john's list and i think it was on instagram um messaged him and said two bucks what Stuff with that, which I thought was pretty. No, it's on Twitter. It's on Twitter. Oh, it's it, on Twitter. Yeah, okay. Pest Talk said, uh, "Don't pick me because for two dollars I would hold out." <laughs> nice. Well, I saw he said something on Instagram too. I believe. Okay. Okay. And so, so that left me with a dollar, but I mean, and, and a hole at center. But I mean, mm-hmm. Colt Chevalier, four-year starter, national champion. I had no. I didn't feel like there was there was a big drop off center wise and which is probably the lightest position on the list anyway. Um, and so that's how I, so I did it. So I had wand and Wardenberg at the tackles, Davis and Pestock inside and, and Colt <coughs> here as my, uh, as my center. So uh, Chris, I'm interested to see how, how did you uh, go with your line? Well, I, I kind of I went right where you went, and I think anytime you're talking Northwest lineman, you start with Seth Wand. Um, he's obviously the most recognizable name. He's one of those giant guys. I think I said it last time that when you watch him play, you look at him and say, "Guys that big shouldn't move that way. Uh, you're not supposed to be that fast. That, that you're supposed to be big, humble, just hulking, uh, slow things." And Seth was anything but. He was super athletic. So I think uh, you put him on your left side, no matter what. Um, I always look at these things. I think. He, you talked about being a rules guy last time to me. You're supposed to pick one from each column, so that's kind of how I went. Um, I'll echo what you said about Pestock. That guy at $2 is ridiculously undervalued. Um, so I went with him as my second. I said as much last time. Anytime uh, you start a line in Northwest, Wand and Pestock are probably the first two names I go at. Um, I'm a Reed Kirby guy. Love that dude at $4, so I went ahead and added him. I, I'm just a big fan of him from way back. Uh, so that really didn't leave me a ton of money at that point. You're looking at, uh, what, $4. Um, so then my next thing uh, was Ken Ebo at two bucks. I thought that was great value as well for a guy that could move anywhere on the line and play just about anything you ever wanted him to do. And then by default, uh, that left me two bucks to spend. So I went with less than there with my last one. Just I, mean, I say it by default just because that's the last call I went and how much money I had. But I think you're doing just fine when you pick him up at two bucks there as your last slide. But, um, so that's what I went with, Juan Pestock, Kirby, Lesman, and Ebo. Nice. Well, Brandon, I'm going to save you until last because um, I know you're going to have a lot to say. Clint, what about no, you? No, what did... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think um, <clears throat> the big the big thing I looked at was, so how do you separate some of these guys and what are some of the talents that, that some of them have that, that uh, separate them from the others on the list? Because obviously – when you get to the the bottom of your fifteen dollars, you're you're gonna fill it in with all Americans. So it, it's all good at the bottom of it. So who do you want at the beginning of your list and why? And so I'm I'm a big guy on uh, offensive tackles having a lot of reach. Yeah. And so you have two really obvious answers to that with 
Seth Wand and Dane Mortenberg, and you know, probably the two of the most athletic uh, tackles that we've ever had. Long reach. It's you know, it's a all day bus fare around both of them um, on the outside, and so if you had them on the left and the right, that that'd be a heck of a place to start. And then so then. So that was $2 for Dane and, and five for Seth. So there's seven. Um, Tanner Owen, like we talked about, <clears throat> he was already going to kick inside at the pro level. <clears throat> so I'm like, well, there's a guard there. If they're, they're good with that, then I am. So there's $4. And uh, Pestock, I, I'm in agreement. Uh, you know, he, he was a guard at Northwest. He stayed at guard. If he was good enough to make rosters, um, then – I think that that decision was kind of made for us by people that know a lot more than me. So there's another couple bucks and that left me too. And I went with Lesman in the middle. And again, I don't think you could, you know, however you pick it, it it really doesn't matter. But again, it was for me, it was the wingspan, the, the, who, the feet of, of all the people that I picked there. These are the guys that are, I think, um, maybe a step better athletically than some of the others. And, and obviously the, the size is, you know, something that you can't coach to and uh, things that we know they were all very well coached. So it's some of these intangibles kind of that I used to, to make my list. And then by the way, I picked a completely different list when I, we went to the next exercise because I wanted all that extra money for the skill guys. So, oh, no, no, no. Cheater. Oh, is that what we were supposed to do? I, I don't Can know. We, yeah, I mean, that, that? that's what I did. I, I oh. didn't, I'm not going to say my whole O-line is different, but I have different guys from the first two lists. I didn't. My know, O-line, I, didn't uh, I say my O-line is very different in the second exercise too, like Clint to save some money I, for skill guys. Yeah, I'm not completely different, but. Oh, man. I, I did not know that. All right. I will redo my team. As we talk, after I talk, okay, I will redo it while you guys are doing it. Because <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't do football, he could just do this on the fly. Right. No, I'll be, I'll be able to. I think so. <laughs> well, let's talk about how did you spend your fifteen dollars, Brandon? All right, everybody had the correct answer with Seth Wand <laughs> at left tackle. Okay, I, I, I'm proud of you guys. Um, by far the most dominant player at his position. Like when he gave up a sack, it was a big deal. And that would typically be one a year or, or, you know, he, and if, if you've known him or or met him on the street since then, it is amazing how large he is. It is just absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing. And he was also athletic. Now the, the downside to Seth was that he was such a nice guy. If he were a jerk, he probably would have had like a, 16 year NFL career, just killing people. But he's, he's, he's a, a, a great dude. And you know, his kids going to Northwest, another good kid from, you know, great family. Uh, that's hey, the Brandon. only thing I guess. Yeah. Hey, Brandon, I'm going to cut you off there. Do you know the story? He gave up one sack in his mm-hmm. career at Northwest and it was mm-hmm. on, it was against Northern Colorado in 02, the playoff game. Anthony Dunn then. Yeah. Okay. Yep. On the okay. last, it was the last <laughs> pass blocking that's funny um, it was the last that's pass play that he had okay. to block for Fair he enough. Gave up a sack. <laughs> okay so that's 
it was that close to never giving up a second or three. Anyway, I just think that's kind of a cool story. I didn't mean to cut, cut you well, off. Well, you know, that's okay. Central Missouri always claims that they got one on him in 99. So we'll have to, we'll have to go to the tape and see, and see what really happened. But uh, all right, I'm just going to move straight across because he was $2. Tom Pestock was the guard. And this, this was the actual order that I worked it. So I went with Juan because he has to be on there. And then I'm like, goodness gracious, Pestock for $2. Because like the only deficiency Tom really had was a little bit of bend. Okay. And, but like, as far as athleticism, look at what he does now in wrestling and stuff like that. So like his athleticism is off the chart for a division two interior lineman, uh, for at center, uh, the uh, the oldest guys got it right, and that is Kurt Lessman. Uh, he, he should have been the five dollar center on this list. He his his athleticism was was awesome as well. Um, Aaron McConnell, which uh, I you might not remember Matt, but I know Clint and uh, Chris will, was an all decade D tackle at Pitt State, and oh, he yeah. and he would just lamented how he couldn't get by uh, by Kurt Lessman. And so I would have had Kurt Lessman in the $5 slot on this one. All right. Um, then I went and picked Ken Ebo for his versatility and his ability. He got hurt some, and that's why a lot of people didn't have him uh, or don't really talk about him that much. But in terms of ability, like it was just like the when they signed him, when he committed in high school, the staff was ecstatic. Like we got Ken Ebo and they were like, you know, walking down the hall and telling each other, we got Ken Ebo. Uh, and so then that left me with $4. I didn't expect to have that much money left. So I picked Lessman and, and Pestock um, and Ebo, not be, well, not, I guess because they, they were inexpensive, but because I thought they were great players anyway. And I couldn't believe when I still had $4 left. So that decision came down. Well, I'm looking for a tackle. And I'm, I said, well, I, you know, I might as well spend it. I, I might as well spend it. And I had four left. And so it came down to a discussion between Tanner Owen and Rod Williams. And, and it, it, yeah, okay. Now, in, in this case, I think that this is a probably a, a, a true tie. Um, or, but what I did was I – we're looking for a right tackle. And I went with more of a traditional mindset that our left tackle is gonna gonna pass block, gonna be better at pass blocking than than run blocking, and our right tackle was gonna be a guy who could kind of do both, but would be less of a pass blocker. I went with the size and the long arms and the athleticism of Rod Williams. Partially, the reason I went with Rod is because I like him so much. So again, when it's a toss up, I went with just somebody who I who I'd talked to more. And who uh, uh, I really thought was a was a uh, a guy who I enjoyed playing at Northwest. So my mine is is very similar to most others. I went with Rod Williams. Could have gone with Tanner Owen, but I'm not one to um, uh, you know shy away from an opinion or afraid to defend my opinion. But I just I loved Rod, and so I picked Rod Williams. And that that is my uh, those are my uh, my linemen: Juan Pestock, Lesman, Ebo, and Williams. Oh, I'm glad somebody picked Rod Williams because I thought that was a, you know, I thought that, you know, he would, 
any of these guys, right? Like looking at this list, I mean, any of these guys would be just fine <laughs> on any, on any of our lists. Um, but Rod Williams is one that I looked at that, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, as I was kind of looking at how, you know, how I was going to spend my money and things, he, he was on my first list. Um, even though I do like Dane Wardenberg a lot and that's why I went mm -hmm. with him, but also the cost played into it a little bit. Um, but, uh, anyway, I, I, you know, as I kind of was working, working the list, um, so we kind of talked, I guess a little bit about, you know, about best value and, and kind of where we struggled. What about guys that weren't on the list? I mean, well, the list is pretty good. I mean, it's also tough, right? Cause, cause you go back and oh, I can't go back and look at stats, <laughs> you know, to, to pick a line, but here's, here's some guys that I came up with. I mentioned Ryan Spellhog last time. He was an academic All-American. I think I messed that up and said, but he was he was some type of All-American. But I mean, to me, as I was looking at this, okay, who are some guards and centers maybe that I could add to the list? And so I thought Ryan Spellhog, he's a good guard. Matt Nelson was a three-year starter at center. Like he's a guy, I don't know that he ever was even all-conference, but he was a guy that was around and started for three years. That kind of says something. Um, talked about Kurt Lessman, maybe Ryan Lessman. You know, could have could have been on the list. Um, also, um, I don't know. Were, were, were there guys that that you kind of thought, hey, I know Brandon's got some. <laughs> Everybody else can go first. I'll, I'll tell you who I would add to the list, and that would be Coach Gustafson, Joe Q, AD, and Coach Cunningham. Uh, and I mean, we can we can go back and forth and argue. Um, argue players and there's certainly some of them and I'm sure Brandon's going to have some, but you know, the, the whole key to all this is the, the strength that we put on some of these guys allows us to recruit a certain type of athlete. Um, at least that was kind of our philosophy for a while. And uh, you know, and then we make them 40 pounds bigger and they're, you know, they're great athletes that some were basketball players like, I think Juan – well, I know Juan was, but I think yep. uh, Dane Wardenberg. has been too. And yep. so you got basketball-type kids playing tackle, and then you got, you know, people with different builds playing, in, you know, inside of that. But I think that that part of things is is really important in in um, <clears throat> what we've, we've been allowed to do because, you know, we're not going to be able to go get some of the same guys, but if we can get guys that end up being those guys – then, then it sets us apart. So I think in in going and watching us play Ferris up there the last few years, Grand Valley this year, the thing that is so obvious when you walk out on the field or get close to, to the sidelines of those games compared to what we see all year long is those people look like us. And – and bigger and and stronger right. and and so the mirror i mean it, it's almost like it, it it magnifies and gets bigger and it won't be until we're as big or bigger than them probably that we're able to to scale that mountain again and and we're getting closer i think i think every year we've we've gotten a little bit closer and you know at, at the level that i was able to watch you know the high school level i know We've had some unbelievable skill skill kids from time to time, but our two state championship teams are the teams that had 
the dudes up front that looked like the dudes up front. Maybe not always the greatest players, but they had to start with the great size and athleticism, and then the coaching then can take over. So I would say those four guys would be who I would wanted to make sure got a mention in this exercise. I just want to default to Brandon because I know he's going to have a bunch more uh, anything I could come up with when it comes to offensive alignment, that guy. Nah. So I'm just going to default to him. Uh, I will also remind Clay Ross it didn't hurt that his Lawson State Championship team had like a six foot six quarterback that looked like a you know a defensive tackle out of the NFL for one of those state titles. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't too bad. No, he was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right. Man. I guess it's All right, over here to you. we go. All right. The first guy I had that should be on the list that was left off was Joe Glab. Joe Glab was a second-team all-conference player. He would have been a first-team if not for politics because on the time he was second-team all-conference, you also had Wand and you had Tuttle and you had Lesman and all those players at the same time. And you guys know how the politics of it work. Yeah. Um, he could also play – he played left guard. He also played center and was the center for the 99 championship game was the backup center in 98, which was important because uh, Steve Coppinger went down for a few games and Joe Glab had to be the, uh, uh, the center for those games. And uh, uh, a guy that actually had chances at the NFL and uh, still involved in football today. Uh, Ray Finotti, who was on the uh, 2002 team. I thought he should, he should be on there. Um, now I'm getting less confident. I was really confident about Glab and Finotti. All right. I thought Kyle Dunn, which, cause he, you know, I'd mentioned that he was part of a good offensive line, thought he was a good player and that probably should be on there. And then John Becklin, which I don't know if a lot of people remember cause he's a one-year player after UNO dropped football, he transferred in. It was the same year that uh, Zerline went to, Missouri Western, the Bearcats got Becklin, and I thought he was pretty good. Uh, I you could tell you know you could tell me that Becklin doesn't deserve it. And I can live with that. Uh, Dunn, I think maybe he should be on there, but I'm certain that Glavin Finotti should be, especially because they're interior players and the list was lacking some. And that that that's it. Nothing you know, not not, not that big a deal. They the, the 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 greatest ones are on there. Well, I got to give some love to Joel Holtzclaw. Now, listen, he probably doesn't I about make Joel the list too, but yes. because there are so many other good tackles in front of him, but he did start right. 43 games in a row. I mean, yes. that in itself is impressive. And I think the coaching staff tried to get guys to beat him out, and nobody could. Like, just nobody could beat him out those years. You know, he, He's 6'1", undersized tackle. Exactly. That, yeah. Exactly. You know, he was part – of what was a celebrated class. And he's the only one that ever became anything good. He was the only one that had any athleticism. Everybody else was stiff. And I did too think about Joe, but at what point does it just become about, Oh, it's all the guys that are like that I'm close to, or that I'm friends with after football, you know? And so I, I didn't include Joe on there. In addition, he coaches for the mules. So I, I couldn't put that on there, but, uh, uh, but uh, n- nonetheless, uh, Yes, I, I did think about Joe and love the dude. All right, so I guess I, I guess it's time then to talk about our our uh, how we're going to spend our thirty dollars and build our whole team. 
This one was, I want to talk about this before we reveal our picks. Cause this one, this was a lot of fun for me. Cause I listen, I have some of the same guys. I don't know how you guys built yours, but I, but I purposefully wanted to kind of like, kind of like you said, Clint, I wanted to spend more of my money. One, there's really good value on the O-line low and that's part of it. But also I wanted to get some different guys and spend a little bit more money on offense. Now I do have um, a couple of my linemen are the same and I think, two or three, I think three of my o- or offensive players, skill position players are the same. So I didn't go too crazy, but I did kind of bump up, um, you know, the dollar amount. Uh, Clint, I want uh, let's start with you. Kind of how, is that how you were looking at it? Like, you know, what fun can I do? Where can I spend a little bit more money because I got $30 to spend? Exactly. But now that I know that Juan never gave up a sack, I might want to redo. <laughs> no, no. That's kind of a good place to start. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so I dropped down to that $2 line that everybody talked about when we first, when it first came out. Like, yeah, we'll just take the, you know, left to right, the $2 line, and, and you'll be all good. But so I, I went there a little bit. And so I went with uh, Wartenberg and Pestock at guards. <clears throat> I did bring Chevy up um, from the $1 line. I just thought that was too good of a value. If I was going to try to be really heavy on skill guys, uh, not to add him. But then there's Lesman, and I'm like, oh boy, I can't not. He's right. just too good. I thought he was a great, great player. And so I had him, and it ended up like I had to, when I got everybody that I wanted skill wise, I thought, yeah. So I ended up with Flot. Uh, and I know nobody's picked him yet in this deal. And I thought, you know, I think that that's – I had three bucks to spend there, and I thought of the people on that line, I think that's how I'm going to go with. And so that's where my O-line changed a little bit in his spot. I think Chevy, you know, sliding up, but Lesman still being on there, great value. And, you know, it just – that allowed me to do some things with the skill guys. So I immediately went to the two Swiss Army knives and added them in there. Um so now I think we got Grove for a buck. Was that the deal? For free. For free. John for free. Him, man. So I've got yeah. an extra dollar. I've, I've got a dollar to give uh, pay Coach Churchman. Coach <laughs> so, um, so I got Grove in there now as kind of a tight end H-back. So that allowed me to go with uh, Soy. I was able to add Jamaica and Soy to the same team now. Um, and then – Jordan Simmons to be both running back and receiver if we want to go three wides. And then, of course, I'm not having a team without X. And then I stayed with Trevor Adams at quarterback because I think that if you surrounded him with all of that, he would facilitate it just fine. You'd get whatever you wanted to get done. So there's the $29 team. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well you could go to the 30 dollar team and get zimmerman if you had two bucks you could have gotten lambo yes, think about that. it i could have yeah. done that definitely so, could have. yeah <laughs> well chris i'll go to you next how did you uh how did you spend your 30 bucks and build your uh offense? similar to you guys i also uh went a little cheaper on the offensive line so that i could spend a little more on the skill guys but again i don't think you can really do um any 
you know, you're not doing anything wrong getting $3 and below guys on that offensive line chart. And I almost did the uh, the $2 line because, again, I'm one of those guys that thinks you pick one from each column as you do these. So uh, I went with Dane out of the first column there for 2 bucks because, again, great value. One of the, again, one of the great all-time uh, tackles. And, again, Joe Pestock beat at $2 is criminally underpaid. So uh, that's an easy one right there. Uh, as I mentioned there, I love Ken Ebo. I'm a big fan of his versatility, the things he did. So there's another $2 guy. Uh, switched it up this time. I went with uh, CJ Keeney. Uh, always liked that kid out of Smithville. Enjoyed covering yep. him in high school. And I think, again, he's a great value kind of guy for trying to build a little bit cheaper line uh, as far as this exercise is concerned to save a couple bucks for the uh, for the uh, skill guys. And I took Goff in there as a $2 guy as well. Again, just kind of getting a little value. And uh, so I spent 11 bucks up front with those guys giving me 19 for uh, my offense, the skill guys, uh, with Jordan Grove in there and taking that into consideration, I thought, well, this is a good chance to spend a little extra money. Uh, so I went ahead and picked up Xavier in this exercise because, I mean, with good offensive line, greatest running back in our history, why wouldn't you? Uh, I, I went ahead and stayed the same as uh, the, uh, the last podcast with my receivers. I love Kendall uh, at the value at $3 and what he was able to do, uh, keep Jake Soy there. Uh, this gave me six bucks to still go with, and at this point, uh, as I said in the last one, I was a huge Mike Peterson guy, and I would love to have his physicality and his abilities uh, with this group. So I went ahead and went with Mike Peterson and kept Trevor at two dollars because, kind of like Coach said, you put these weapons around Trevor and his accuracy, and uh, it's it, it's lights out. I think that would be a pretty stellar team, and so that's where I went with. Nice, nice. All right, Brandon, are are you uh, are you ready, or you want me to go? No, go ahead and go. That's fine. Okay. Go ahead and go. All right. So I started this with my line because I was say, okay, you know, where can I get some bargains and then how much is that going to leave me for my skill guys? So Wardenberg and Pestock, I mean, I, I had those when I was spending more money on it. I stuck with those guys building the, the left side of my line. I wanted to change it up a little bit. Um, and so for center, I went Chase Sherman, national championship winner. Um, I, I could have easily went chevalier again for a buck but uh like i said i wanted to kind of change it up a little bit daniel kempf i think is kind of an underrated guard on the one dollar line so i went with him and then ebo to me was you know everything i just echo everything all of you guys said his versatility he could play anywhere whatever i'm gonna stick him at right tackle um and so then that gives me you know that gave me a little bit that was what 10 bucks and so that gave me 20 to spend um, on my offense. And, and like I said, I didn't change it up a whole lot. I just, in some key positions, spent some more money because me, Xavier is, is in there no matter what I, I considered it. I'll be honest. I did consider like, well, you know, do I go, um, do I go with LaRon? Do I go with McKellar or somebody? And I didn't, I thought, well, man, behind that line, <laughs> you know, put Xavier in there and I'm loving that. Um, and then I went another on the $5 line and went and got Jamaica which was a guy I really wished. I mean, do you get him? Do you get Jake Soy? I don't know. I kind of went back and forth a little bit, but I uh, love Jamaica. And so I, I got him. And then on the $4 line, I went Mike Peterson for my tight end. I, I really wanted him in the, in the first exercise, just wasn't able to work that out. And so um, stuck with Alec Tatum kind of as that possession receiver for $2. And then that, that leaves me at 4 as I said, Lambo, one of my very favorite players. I, I wasn't going to go anywhere else at quarterback. And so uh, so Lambo, Xavi, obviously we got Jordan Grove as a give me, put him wherever you want to put him. Mike Peterson, Jamaica, Tatum, um, 
to on, with, to go along with my O line, and uh, I felt like uh, felt like that was pretty solid. Brandon, all are right, you ready? Yes. Do we give all you right. enough time? Yeah, I made two teams. Well, so the the first one, uh, I kept. Let's start with the O line because we've talked about it. I kept Juan Pestock, Lesman, and Ebo because of the value in the the that Pestock. Lesman and Ebo, the value that they held. Uh, I actually went with Dane Wardenberg for the same reason at right tackle. I flipped him over uh, to the right to because he was two dollars, right? And that gave me uh, two two more dollars for the offense. Or I'm sorry, that you know that that gave me a lot more money for the offense uh, for the skill players. Um, so what I because I was doing this on the fly, the first team I did, I I kept my tight end Andrews who I said was uh, uh, underrated in our last show. I kept Utter because it works with uh, the offense that I had. Kept Rector, uh, have Jamaica Rector as wide receiver, and Zimmerman at quarterback. But I added Xavier Oman because what I when I see this, you have Zimmerman's dual threat ability, Andrew's athleticism, Utter's body, Along with Rector and, and Oman, I think that's going to be an incredibly difficult team to defend because there's not a there's not a weakness um, in in any way, not even size in in this one. And so then, when you guys were when you were talking, Matt, I was looking and I thought, well, what ha- what would happen if I just took the entire two dollar? This is a second team. This is just for fun. So I said, what happened if I took the entire two dollar line? Went with Wardenberg, Pestock, Goff, Lesman, and Evo. That that leaves me, and I, I trust my football ability much more than I trust my math ability. But that leaves me with twenty dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and if I had that one, I could go with uh, Rector and Utter at receiver. Then I changed the tight end to Peterson, and that's what I did there. And so basically, if I went two dollar O line, I could swap out uh, Andrews for Peterson. And have Oman as the running back as well. So th- those are just uh, those are two different ones. But you know, my, the second one was just for fun. The first one is probably the one I would go with because I like having Seth Wand on there and uh, and Seth Wand on the line with all those other guys, along with Andrews at tight end, uh, exit running back, Utter and Rector at wide receiver, and Zimmerman at quarterback. Yeah. Well, this I mean, this was this was a lot of fun, Clint. You. You uh, gave John, I mean, John gets a lot of love from me, a lot of love from the podcast in general, but you gave him a lot. I mean, this, this is pretty fun. I mean, gives us some good stuff to talk about. Gives us, you know, gives Brandon something to argue about. And uh, I, um, I needed more things to add to my complaint list. <laughs> right. uh, hey, grumpy Brandon is a good Brandon. It, it makes for great, uh, great. It makes for well, great people, watching on inside D2 football on Sunday. If people, would, season, so. if people wouldn't be wrong or ridiculous. I wouldn't have to have to complain. So it's, it's their fault. Not mine. Right. Man, well, it sounds like Brandon lives in the same world. I do. Uh... <laughs> well, my well, favorite part know, so far is when, uh, we all picked Seth Wand, and and Brandon said that we were all correct. <laughs> yes. So. Well, yeah, it's about right. it's about time you guys did something correct, all four of you, or all three of yeah, you, I guess. Right. I uh, so. we played we played at Springfield Catholic right after um, he he had graduated. Was that Northwest or might even been a little bit later on? And 
So I was talking to one of their coaches about him um, at, at their high school. And they said, unbelievable kid, nicest guy you'll ever meet. Same things that Brandon was just saying. He said, one problem we had is, <clears throat> excuse me, once in a while we had to drive around and find him for practice. He, but we knew where to go. We'd just find the basketball court. And we <laughs> found him. And, yep, there he'd be. So I think they're That's exaggerating funny. a little bit. But this would tell you a little bit about his, his athleticism and yeah. stuff. But. What well, it's unbelievable get for our coaching staff to get him. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, we talked about, you know, you talked about Clint, you know, giving the strength conditioning offensive line coaches a lot of credit. And, and that's, you know, something we as fans, right, have said for a long time, you know, as long as long before Joe Quinlan, you know, did it even before Rich did it before that. And, and, and when, you know, Gus was doing it, if, hey, you know, bring him in. Get, give me a six four kid, uh, you know that's two twenty out of high school. We'll stick him in the union, right? Eat, eat, eat. You know, just eat and lift. Just eat and lift for that whole redshirt well, year. That 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 model is likely going to change. That well, you can't do bigger, that, right? Like well, you look at the kids that get recruited. I mean, there's more weightlifting, better weightlifting facilities sure. and programs in high school. I think. No, it's the portal that's going to affect it. Uh, well. Because like Sioux Falls lost a kid that uh, you know they played him as a true freshman because they were worried they were gonna they were gonna keep him at all, and they lost him after that true freshman season, and he went D one like FBS like you know p- Power Five, and so I think that there's going to be and m- maybe it'll be more I don't know but it's theoretically possible that there'll be less of it because by the time you make them good somebody else is already sniffing sniffing them down, trying to get them. So I don't know, you know, what the future is going to hold, but I don't know if that model will, will be as effective as it was in the past, because as you said, Matt, it certainly was effective in the past. Yeah. There was, there was kind of a formula, right? Yeah. And that is interesting that you say that too, about the portal. I mean, we've lost a couple of linemen who they weren't starters, but they played at some last year. They were rotational guys. We lost them because, you know, hey, one went to like West Florida, I think. So, I mean, um, you know, if, if with the, with the the portal, you know, there are, if there's an opportunity for somebody to play before, you know, we talk about it, – it's interesting that you bring that up too. You talk about a Kyle Zimmerman, right, a guy who stuck around all of that time you know, as a backup, yeah, he got a little bit of playing time, but it was in blowouts and other things. He was the running quarterback and then comes in 16. Will we ever see that again? And I mean, maybe, maybe that's a good question. Like, is that, is that even possible with, with yes. the portal and other I, things? I, I think that position is, I don't, I think it's the line that you're going to have the biggest difficulty with. Uh, maybe some, maybe a D back, maybe some wide receivers. I think the, you know, I, I guess hell, I just named half half the football roster. But you know, uh, I, I think I think it's the linemen that are going to be the biggest thing because they can they can slide in linemen in spite of what everybody thinks are are actually pretty intelligent and they can pick up the next whatever the next system very quickly. And I think that's where you'll have the biggest uh, biggest difficulty. So again, going back to the model. Maybe maybe have to get players who are a little bit bigger who can play immediately in order to get something out out of them because you don't want to develop them to go play at West Florida or it could be anywhere. It could be, you know, Washington. It, it doesn't matter. I, I just think that uh, that 
that, that it's interesting times we live in to see how the portal affects that philosophy. Well, and the portal being so new, also, we haven't had time to figure out the philosophies of what's happening. And obviously, Northwest will be a team that'll go to the portal and grab people, too. So it's not going to be a one-way street. But this whole process is, what, two, three years old? Uh, We haven't had time to figure it out like we had everything else. So give it time to kind of figure out how this is all going to play out over the long haul. Well, it is interesting, too. I mean, I I have – listen, I haven't studied this. I'm just going off secondhand information here. But, I mean, some of the percentages on guys who've entered the portal that never find a team, right? Also true. that is, that is up too. So you think yeah. at some point that's it has to almost level out. Agreed. Well, that's balance. It's probably going to level out on both ends as well. Um, I think the kids are going to realize that maybe the grass isn't always greener. Yes, that is an option to have, but just maybe I don't know. Too many kids, I think, are jumping into the portal way too fast instead of giving it time right. to try to develop and do uh, all these things. Even you know, offensive line is. Not rocket surgery when you get down to it. There's only, what, seven things you can do as an offensive lineman on a given player, whatever it is. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you can go to Team B, Team C, Team E and, and do the same things. But developing that cohesiveness, that unit, that team is very important. And I think kids are going to start to learn that after this thing kind of, again, evens out once they get to, to know what's happening and how it operates on their end. It'll kind of do the same for both players, kids, and, and teams. If that made sense, yeah, absolutely. That that's good stuff. I didn't necessarily expect it to go there, guys, but that was that was uh, that was some good discussion there. Well, I I have it on pretty good authority that we're going to get a defense to do here at some point. So uh, not not sure when the time frame is, but uh, if, if you guys are down, we'll be back on here and uh, and and talking about defense. And that one one, it's going to be. Re- really competitive you know we talked about how competitive you know the spots were and things i mean you're gonna have all american guys especially on d-line really at any position d-line linebacker especially you're gonna have like all american type guys probably on the one on the one dollar line so uh, it's i think that'll be fun it's it's going to be interesting because aside from some outliers the defense kind of flips a little bit where some of the best guys are newer guys on the defense. Um, the, because the, the defense is from when, you know, like whenever Rich Wright truly took over, it, you know, running the defense, which would have been 11. Um, they've been different than the defenses that came before that. So it, maybe the the young guys will be all correct and and the grumpy old guys won't be as correct this next time. All right. Well, gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me, and and I look forward to talking some defense with you hopefully soon. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Thanks, Matt. Matt. Hi, this is Xavier Oman, former Northwest Bearcat. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. And welcome back here on Bleeding Green. Again, a big thank you to Clint, to Chris, and to Brandon the Bearcats of the round table, if you will, for uh, joining me here on uh, on Bleeding Green. And we'll have some defense to talk about. It. I'm, I have that on pretty good authority uh, coming up here, I'm sure, in the coming weeks, um, as well as some current Bearcat product to talk about. MIAA Media Day coming up the 25th of this month, so you'll have an episode of that and uh, and more episodes coming up. In fact, I have a regularly scheduled episode this week, so you get two in the same week. Joel Osborne, former Bearcat quarterback, 
on the coaching staff. He was the recruiting coordinator, offensive coordinator, and uh, he was a receivers coach for a while as well. Talk about his his playing days, his journey to Northwest, being a two-sport athlete. Don't have a lot of those guys. His battle with cancer all the way up to his uh, current role as head coach at Benedictine. So that's pretty cool. All, uh, all great stuff to talk about. And it's a perfect follow-up for Jake Soy's episode. That was a couple of weeks ago. So if you haven't got a chance to listen to that one yet, early returns, by the way, excellent. Got really, really good, uh, good reviews on the Jake Soy episode. So I would encourage you to listen to that one and get ready for Joel's episode uh, coming up this week as well. Well, thank you so very much. Uh, again, if you want to uh, follow the podcast, you can do that via social media. Bleeding Green Podcast is the Facebook group. Go ahead and throw that a like. You can throw a follow on Twitter to underscore bleeding underscore green, or you can always check out my website, bleedinggreenpodcast.com. You can listen to the podcast. Obviously, you know this because you're listening now, but uh, any myriad of ways on pretty much any app that you can do that, you can listen on the website. So if you know somebody that's a little more old school, there are still people running around with flip phones, believe it or not. I think I'm related to most of them, but uh, you can, you can, uh, you know, you can get on the, get on their big desktop computer and go check that out. Bleedinggreenpodcast.com or again, any other way. That's the way this thing's going to grow is with your help. It certainly has, and I hope it continues to lots of fun stuff to talk about. Um, all kinds of great memories, right? We just talk about how spoiled we are all the time. It's absolutely true. And uh, we're going to have some great, 2023 Bearcat content to talk about as well. well that's going to do it for this special edition of Bleeding Green, Bears, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. Have a very happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Remember, be kind because kindness makes a difference. And of course, as always, go Bearcats! Bearcats!